Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Brewer fans, welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast. Uh, my name is Craig. Joining me today is um, my co-host Vince. Vince, how are you doing? I, I'm doing great, Craig. How are you? Doing all right. 2020, 2024 is here, and we're looking forward to the Brewers baseball season, or just baseball season in general, coming up here. Uh, as I know, we're counting, counting down the days to spring start of spring training. And uh, unfortunately, we're, you know, as Brewer fans waiting for some key pickups and possibly re-imaging of the current roster, and that doesn't seem to be happening much. So, um, again, yeah. this is maybe par for the course. Uh, for if, you, if you've been following the Brewers for the last several years, even though they've been competitors who have uh, made the playoffs like five of the last six years, they seem to be really sitting on their hands for a good portion of the free agency schedule, so to speak, uh, and then waiting for some some possible bargains to pop up and then kind of jumping in at the last minute. Uh, do you feel like we're on that same course this year? Yeah, unfortunately I do, Craig. And yeah, it's kind of funny for, for many of our listeners, or as I'm sure that um, many of them know, you know, we try to tape, you know, every week or maybe every two weeks. And we, we put out an episode, what was it like, you know, last week, I think seven or eight days ago. And uh, I know in our pre-production meeting, you and I were, were, you know, talking about our taping this week. And we both sort of realized that literally nothing has happened since, uh, since our last episode. So unfortunately we're not coming to you with any breaking news, but I guess that um, we'll take this opportunity to, to, in my, my case, at least vent a bit about the Brewers lack of activity this off season. I, I will say that um, I don't think that we're done. I would be shocked if we don't do anything. Um, but, you know, my concern is pretty much what you just said, Craig, that, you know, that the Brewers have kind of shown in the past that they are, more reactive than proactive. And we've talked about that, gosh, it seems like for the last four or five off seasons. And my concern is, is that we go into the off season with a general plan and we don't actually act until prices drop below a certain amount. The, the problem becomes you get a lesser version sometimes of what you you know should be getting. And then we end up with, you know, the Jackie Bradley juniors of the world in our outfield. And I, I just, I'm, I'm concerned that there's going to be less pickings to go around um, sooner rather than later here. And, I know that it's been a kind of a slow off season to develop um, overall for baseball, but it does seem like a lot of teams have been way more active than Milwaukee has. And um, I know we don't have a ton of holes to fill, but I do still think that we need, you know, at least uh, some starting pitching depth, at least another bullpen arm. And most definitely 100%, we need, we need a first baseman or a third baseman. I, I think you can kind of fill one of the two internally a little bit with Tyler Black, but I, we, we got to get at least one of those two positions filled um, externally, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to believe that we actually need both. Um, but the, yeah. the other guys are unsung hero from last year, at least, I guess, as my pick. Uh, Andrew Monasterio um, did do a fairly decent job to earn regular playing time last year filling in. But I still think he really uh, is better suited for a super utility role rather than a starting gig uh, on a contending team. Yeah. At least. And that's what I still consider the Brewers until I see otherwise. So, I don't understand. Um, yeah, that again, it's par for course and it's very frustrating. I just don't understand if you're a GM of a team and you 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 know the free agents ahead of time, 
You know the the teams that are the players around the league that possibly could be on a trade block. You know which one of your guys are trying to be moving and whatnot. And it just seems like as soon as the free uh, off season hits and the free agency opens, you should really be you know trying to take a shot for your guys or like to try to have a game plan. It seems like we really don't. It's more like okay, well. Yeah, here's our roster. There's some, a couple holes we need to fill, but we'll just wait till everything else shakes out. We'll wait till all the people with money in the league take all their favorite players and all the good players, and then we'll see, you know, what's left in the bargain bin, uh, so to speak, and we'll see who's willing to sign for a one-year deal. And I, I get not wanting to, you know, throw out really stupid five, six-year contracts to players that uh, will basically dampen. Uh, for a small market team, uh, the, the, some of those are contracts are just way too risky. Um, with that being said, I think that the, there's other tiers of like, you know, like a two or three year free agent, even the sign like the Red just made and and Jameer Candelario uh, for third base. I mean, why couldn't he have been an option for us? I think I you know, signed like a three year deal with them at a fairly reasonable rates. And I just feel like, why weren't we in on that? I mean, maybe we were and we came in second, I, but for some reason, I doubt it. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, and, you, and he's actually another guy too. In his in his case, particularly, he's another guy that I thought the Brewers should have been targeting at the trade deadline last July as well. It, you know, he and he provided a, a real shot in the arm to the Cubs down the stretch, uh, unfortunately. But I I think that he would have you know been a really good addition to the Brewers um, infield mix going going forward here in 2024 and and even for the next couple of seasons. And on top of that, I almost feel like we are starting to be too reliant on prospects. If you're in a rebuilding stage, you know, not giving up on prospects or trading them away prior to them reaching the major leagues and letting them play the first couple of years of their career, see if they they are anything, uh, makes perfect sense. But when you're a contending team, you should be using these prospects that you don't deem like top tier, like Jackson Trio and others. Um you should be using them as trade bait to improve your current roster, in my opinion. And it just feels like we're not doing that um, at all. And not only that, it's just a head scratching deal, like even getting rid of Hauser and, and uh, Taylor um, just to free up some money for, I don't even know what, I mean, it was obviously a cost cutting move. I have a hard time believe that we initiated that. Like, again, we did it with the Mets. David Stern just left our organization. I'm sure he was interested in those guys and he probably reached out to Arnold and said, you know what, what do you want for these guys? And they're like, oh, well, Mark doesn't really want to pay him anyway. So, like, I don't know. Give me a list of prospects you're willing to uh, part with for them, and then I'll pick one. That I mean, I don't know. For sure that's what I'm speculating here. That went down, but that sure as heck what it feels like, and it's pretty pathetic in my opinion. So, Yeah, man, again, it kind of comes comes back again to not having a plan. I, I would like to talk to you about um, somebody that, you know, I've seen I've seen a lot of talk about on social media. Our interns are, are reporting us all over X uh, right now about, um, and you've you've got you know people chiming in both pro and con about Tyler Black. Do you think that Tyler Black is going to be um, ready to take on a starting role in 2024, or I guess at any point in his career? He had uh, obviously really good numbers last year in AAA, but um, there was an article that was circulating on social media that I think was put out by some of our colleagues on BrewerFan.net that talked about how he has some you know some pretty serious uh, holes in his swing that will probably be exploited by major league pitcher, pitchers that uh, aren't necessarily being exploited by, you know, pitchers at the double A AA or triple A levels. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Tyler Black? If, if, if indeed the Brewers are going to go into 2024 with him, maybe they're starting third baseman. Yeah. When we drafted him as second baseman at college, um, I thought it was a pretty good pick. Um, 
his power really profiled as, as a nice potential fit at second base. I think his offensive um, projections are kind of mediocre for third baseman. And I guess if he's got a good bat, we got him to get him in the lineup in some way. However, I, I, I will say that I'm a little bit lower on Tyler Black than most of the industry, especially for Brewer fans. And I don't want to label him as anything like a, a potential bust or anything, but I'll just put it this way. For every one Ryan Braun, there's probably like, 39 uh, Matt Gamble's of the world. So I think he's probably somewhere in between, but closer to the Matt Gamble end of this. And so, again, he seems like someone that would be a real perfect trade ship. But that being said, um, if we could get, I would prefer to trade Willie Thomas, uh, slide Bryce Trang over to Short, who I think he's a phenomenal defensive player, and I, I value that greatly as a shortstop yeah. team, uh, I'd rather do that. And then put Tyler black at second base to be quite honest. Cause I think his bat will profile as more above average there. And then, and then sign a free free agent or baseman or trade for one or something. And I think our offense would be better with that, with that setup. And then, you know, or depending on what we get back for Adamus or whatever, but apparently we're not doing what I'm thinking of. So with that being said, I mean, <laughs> To answer your question, I do think that Tyler Black will do fine. He does have a really nice hit tool, some power. He had a great year at AAA last year. I, I do think it's a – like I said, I, I don't I don't expect him to be a all-star level player um, by any means, but I think he'd be a solid contributor. Um, but as a rookie on a contending team, I'd prefer not to have have him be an every, handed an everyday starting position. Obviously, he'd probably have some competition one way or another. But no, to answer your question, I'm not 100% comfortable going in the 2024 season with Tyler Blacks as a starting position player, no. Yeah, I, I tend to think that that's what the Brewers are kind of setting themselves up to do, to be totally frank. And I obviously could be wrong about that. And I, I don't know that um, I don't know that I'm correct. But my guess is, is that, you know, because this is an organization that seems so dedicated right now to, to saving money, uh, despite the fact we already have a lower team payroll than we did in 2023, my guess is, is that we're going to go with Tyler Black at third. And whether or not we trade Willie Adams, I, I've been of the mindset that we should also trade Willie, um, depending on who we get back, obviously. You don't just trade Willie Adams just to trade him, uh, in my opinion. I, I do think he still is a valuable you know, contributor to, to the team, both on and off the field. But I certainly think he's replaceable. And I, I, would, I would be very uh, okay with sliding terrain then over to shortstop. I hadn't really considered the Tyler Black angle and him going to – the second, I have been more of the mindset, you know, that we could easily sign a guy like a Whit Merrifield, um, who I've been pretty high on for a while. Um, I know that our co-host uh, Scott is also high on Whit Merrifield as well, but um, I, I would I would like to see the Brewers at least bring in somebody like that, who I don't think is going to cost a ton. I think that I think that somebody like a Merrifield could be had for a reasonable contract on a you know two two year deal even. Um, that wouldn't break the bank and I think would be a really nice addition to the team and would allow you some flexibility um, with Terang's glove up the middle. So um, that would be my battle plan. If we are going to go ahead and start Tyler Black at third. Now, if, if we are going to slide him to second, that's, that's a whole other story. And then, you know, we really have to be, I think way more proactive than we've been being on, you know, looking at, at third base options um, because that would obviously have to be an external pickup if we're not promoting within. Yeah, and now Tyler Black had a great year last year, but only 18 home runs or 18 home runs that year, which is pretty good. Um, I mean, looking at his overall numbers uh, as a minor leaguer, 23 home runs uh, in 768 at bats. Yeah, 
um, as a minor leaguer. I mean, that's not a ton of power. However, he, he's shown quite a bit of speed in the minor leagues, even 55 steals last year. I don't think that's by any means his calling card, but I think he's a could be a 2025-ish player at the major league level. And his big thing is his on-base percentage over the course of his minor league career so yeah. far is, is over 400. So I do think that, um, you know, his hit tool is really good in his batting eye. So, I mean, he could become a really, a really solid, possibly borderline all-star level player. I just, I, I just don't know. Um, yeah. I, I'm looking over some notes here that Scotty's interns gave me and really it's, it's like the combined hit tool, I think is where, he is pretty exciting in the sense that he can draw a walk and he can also hit for gap power. And he also has some pop in his bat. So I, you know, I, I'm personally a little bit more uh, excited and a little higher on, on Tyler Black than some, um, but you know, that's not to say he's like a, a shoe in third baseman in 2024 or, or a future all-star, but I do think that he's got the potential to actually be an all-star. And I, I am pretty excited uh, to see what he can do at the big league level. And, and, um, you know, we'll see in spring training if he's if he's there yet or not. But um, I do think that for what it's worth, I do think that that's the Brewers' plan going into the season. And I I do think that, um, you know, again, given the dearth of options, uh, I think that he's probably going to be the the starting third baseman on opening day if I had to guess. Yeah, and unfortunately, if I had to guess, it would be someone like Andrew Monastario until um. And until Tyler Black has passed yeah. his cutoff date for the Super Two status or whatever, uh, unbelievable. But 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 to your point earlier too, Craig, I I totally agree with you that Andrew Monasterio was incredibly valuable for the 2023 Brewers, but he was incredibly valuable because he was a utility player who could play multiple positions. And the fact is, is you could plug him in at second or short or third base or even in the outfield and and expect some you know level of production. And I think that Monasterio is going to continue to be most valuable in that role. I think, you know, that's exactly what the Brewers should have been looking at a guy like Luis Urias in past seasons at and kind of messed up by making him a starter. Um, I, I think that Monasterio's um, best course and best best uh, strategy to stick around in the major leagues is going to be as that super utility guy who can get a lot of at bats, but kind of all over the field and not be a starter at one position. Yeah, I 100% agree on that. So um, also, you know, I've heard people online say, oh, well, the Brewers saw some nice starting pitching depth, and then they went over. I, I feel like that isn't the case, especially with the fact that we could, you know, potentially move Corbin Burns at any point if it's not this offseason, uh, maybe at the trade deadline. I think that we need much more starting pitching depth. And I think that there, there's some nice guys in the organization, um, minor leagues, but besides Robert Gasser, I don't really feel like there's that many guys that are that major league rebel ready another breakout prospect last year triple a was carlos rodriguez he's someone who could get some innings but again for a contending team you really don't want to have that many rookies eating up innings and getting major experience if you're contending for a division title which i fully expect us to still do i mean we're defending nl central champions for crying out loud so uh and then you're we're most likely already going to have jackson trio as a rookie starter at a position in all field and do we want tire i mean having multiple players starting and technically, I mean, Garrett Mitchell would probably be his first full year of starter as well coming off injury last year. So you've got a lot of guys who are really green, uh, so to speak. And that, that mix with veterans can sometimes work, but it just feels like we're, we're, we're going to be very reliant on young players, young, cheap players. And I guess that's what our organization likes. And, and every once in a while you can really hit it big on one of those, but it, you know, it's more rare to find a franchise type player that way. 
I think that the Brewers feel that they have one, obviously, at Jackson Trio, so that's exciting. But these other guys, I think, are, you know, possibly fringe regulars as we're looking at. I, I hope that I'm wrong on that. I think, obviously, Garrett Mitchell and Sal Freela could be all-star level players. Uh, Joy Weimer, I think, is uh, someone that it makes sense as a trade ship or someone possibly who could have a breakout with the Brewers. I just don't know. But, uh, again, all these guys, very young, very cheap, and uh, it just seems like that's the route we're going. And it's hard to argue. Some yeah. people are like, well, well, you know, why do it's either that or turn through the bargain bin and give at bats to these, you know, the Jake Bowers of the world or whatever, so to speak, or just like, you know, veteran corner infielders who really can't, don't even have power for that, for that, whatever. I mean, so we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I just don't see yeah. a, a first baseman currently on the team that I'd be comfortable or third baseman for that matter to come into the regular season with. I'm just, Really getting kind of sick and tired of this organization completely punting on first and third base with bargain bench yeah. players or or players that don't even profile as having a good hitting tool for those positions like a Louis Urias, you know. So I mean, we'll see. Um yeah. hopefully, hopefully Matt Chapman is, you know, being signed as we speak or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, oh my gosh. I just really Matt like, Chapman's considered an upgrade. That's a problem. I, I don't, I'm not a huge Chapman fan, but I, you know, Craig, I, to your point, I, I don't have a problem with the fact that we're, we're bringing in this wave of, of prospect turn, you know, major leaguers. We did that back in the day. We've done that with, you know, the, the Ricky Weeks, Corey Hart, uh, JJ Hardy, Prince Fielder Brewers. We've done it in the past. Um, you know, and then you make some significant additions like Ryan Braun a couple of years later. I, so I'm not opposed to doing that. The, the problem is, is that, you're then not spending the cost savings that you've gotten from going, you know, younger and cheaper at multiple positions at the same time on other parts of the roster. I mean, obviously we've got some money tied up with Christian Yelich and obviously Corbin Burns is expensive and, you know, heading into an even more expensive year in arbitration, but that doesn't mean that you're really improving. It just means that you're standing pat in so many ways. So I, I really do agree with you that we've got to go out. We've, we've got to get at least one of the two, a first baseman or a third baseman. I, I've resigned myself to the fact that Tyler Black could be an app, uh, an option, a good option at third base. Um, so I'm I'm okay with going into the year with one of those two positions not being filled by a, a, an outside acquisition. I am not okay with both of those positions being kind of pell-mell and whatever this year again, where it seems like we've done that every year since Prince Fielder left at first base, and I think we literally have. And we've done that many years at, at third base since we traded Aramis Ramirez back to the Pirates. So um, that's, I think, the 2015 season. So it's been a number of years now at this point for third base as well. So I, I'm really, really hopeful that the Brewers are going to be a little bit more aggressive in the coming weeks. And we've seen Mark Ananasio make a little splash prior to the Brewers Fan Fest in the past, which is coming up, I think, uh, this coming weekend. Um, who knows? So I, I'm not necessarily expecting anything uh, at this point. I don't want to get my hopes up. But um, it, it would be outstanding if the Brewers could go out and get a first baseman. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one other thing I should point out is that the the Brewers um, did just avoid arbitration uh, with Holby Milner for uh, just yeah. over $2, two million for his uh, second last year of eligibility as arbitration eligibility. So uh, that's, that's that's double nice. what he made last year. Yeah, that's double what he made last year in arbitration. So good for good for Hobie, But he certainly was a valuable uh, member of our bullpen last year, coming in as one of the lefties that we could rely on. And uh, hey, you. Uh, uh, of Texas Longhorn to boot. So yeah, that's outstanding. Glad to see that he's back. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was way back in the day. Uh, uh, he was drafted way back in 2000, 
12 in the seventh round. In fact, here's a fun fact. His father, Ryan Milner, was actually drafted in the seventh round in 1978 by the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, did not know that. Uh, a lot of his family was actually in town um, for the Brewers series in Arlington last August. And you, if you remember, uh, Lena and I went to that series, uh, to, to the entirety of that series, actually. And we were able to talk to both Hobie and his family. There was a lot of his family members milling about in Arlington. And uh, they were uh, obviously still living here in Texas and very excited to see uh, Hobie and the Brewers come to Milwaukee. So it was kind of fun uh, to talk to his family for a bit uh, during the Brewers trip here in August of 2023. Yeah, no, his dad was a, a highly rated uh, catching prospect way back around uh, 1980. And he actually um, got a couple, he didn't make the show. He got nine at-bats in the big leagues, had four four hits and nine at-bats. So pretty cool that his son is wow. part of the major leagues. So. I did not realize that that his dad actually made the show. That's great. That's, that's, that is an exciting, cool thing. Yep. So, all right. Did his dad well, go to UT as well? Is his dad a Longhorn? Uh, that I don't know. Um, well, we'll have to get Scott's interns in on that. Um, I'm sure they, they could figure that out very quickly. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know off the top of my head. And I didn't hear anything about either Hobie's uh, arbitration being settled in advance by our anonymous source, Tom Carter, which does surprise me a little bit. Uh, Tom is usually on top of these things, but um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what other brewers are able to settle uh, before the arbitration deadline here in the coming weeks. I, I am hopeful that the Brewers are not going to have messy arbitration uh, processes going on this year like we did last year with Corbin Burns. That would be a disaster. So I, it just seemed like it started the year off on a sour note, and I don't know. Um, but you never know with this front office. Obviously, I'm a little pessimistic in terms of the overall direction of the franchise at this point. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Tom C., uh, T. Carter, we hope that you're, you're still around giving us some inside information uh, in spite of our uh, – misgivings so to speak um so all right well yeah look hopefully something big happens soon um for the Milwaukee Brewers we're definitely looking forward to the winter being over at some point and spring training being on the way so at some point before March before spring, spring training we will come at you with uh about we'll to chime in with our get some information from our longtime Brewers Marley Alice Brandon um yeah get, get our top 30 future Brewers for 2024 um and uh, and go over our farm system, which I will say the Brewers farm system did have a phenomenal year in 2023. And they went from somewhere about middle of the pack to now pretty universally like top five-ish farm systems in all baseball. So that's exciting for a team yeah. that's coming off of an NL Central Championship. We really have the farm system of a rebuilding team, which is kind of nice. Um, and, and so maybe the Brewers are trying to hang their hat on that. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to me if that's the route that they're going into a rebuild, why they wouldn't um be trading Adamus and Burns but you know maybe they're gonna make one last go of it and then see where we're at in July and that's what that's what it sure seems like but to me they're doing it uh you know if you're gonna do that you should go out and try to at least make a run at it with some quality players this year adding some quality players and so far that has not been the case this offseason we've been pretty pretty well documenting so um all right yeah, yeah and you and you could supplement some of these guys without signing like long-term deals with guys that you know you you didn't necessarily want to commit all the financial resources to again i think that we could get a number of guys on two to three year deals that maybe have a little higher um average annual value but who the brewers can afford to sign right now because we do have so many young guys on the roster and we do have guys that are you know coming off of uh coming off of big, bigger deals. So the Brewers aren't going to be tied up financially forever. And again, the payroll is lower going into 
2024 right now as it stands that it was in 2023. So I, I do think we've got the financial flexibility to do it. It's just, do we have the will? And the Brewers front office has, uh, in the last five plus years has had this knack of acquiring a player, a surprise player at a position seemingly not of need. And for some reason, I feel like that's going to be the case this offseason. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't be shocked if instead of an offensive player, we somehow sign a surprise um, starting pitching player or something like that. But we'll see. Hey, I wouldn't mind some more starting pitching depth. I thought you were going to say you'd, you'd be yeah, seeing the Brewers maybe sign like a, a sixth or seventh you know, outfielder or something, you know, like the exact opposite of what everyone would say that we would do. So yeah, who knows? Maybe go out and get another all-star catcher or something. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Would not surprise me one bit. So <laughs> you never know. <laughs> All right. Well thanks for tuning in, Burr fans. And thanks, Vince. And uh we'll be coming back with you here in the next couple of weeks. But in the meantime, stay classy, Mark Antonasio and go Brewers. <laughs> thanks, Dad. Thanks, Scotty. Thanks, Greg. Go Brewers. Do, do, do.